0: presented by t-mobile the official wireless partner of odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings there's never been a better time to join t-mobile visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today you know, he's a rather prestigious player because these guys
2: that play here too you know when we look around at teams and the core of those teams you know and being in the i mean it's one thing to win a world championship is rare to win two but to be in the championship series seven years in a row it's just it's just not being done it's just really not and you have to look to the players who are are integral in that from start to finish who've been part of it and jose and alex were are really have been the the core of that that was jose altuve and alex bregman's agent scott boris the world famous scott boris talking earlier today about the team's success increasing A guy like Alex Bregman's value. Well, to get a little bit more of a pulse on that and all of the happenings of earlier today here on Area 45, myself, Sean Bajani, Patrick Creighton, Chris Santiago producing, now joined by our very own Astros insider, Sports Radio 610, Adam Spillane. Spo, what's good, my man? How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you guys?
2: Good, man. So you were down there covering the press conference today with uh, all of the happenings. Um, What was the vibe That you got after listening to Dana Brown and Scott Boris and Jose Altuve, Joe Espada uh, talk about what, what great day this really was today for Jose Altuve and the Astros organization
1: yeah it was a very celebratory type day i think that they were all very excited to get this done they got this thing done in a timely manner it didn't it's not one of these free agency things that that strung out for a long time um there was a lot of motivation for both sides to get something done to get something done quickly and that's what they did and so jose altuve as he said like he kind of thought about the possibility that he might one day play for another team but he also kind of understood that houston was where he wanted to be uh, he told Scott Boris Houston was where he wanted to be, and Boris got something done with with uh, Dana Brown and Jim Crane. And so Jose Altuve will play with the Astros for his entire career. And I think that, again, that's something that the team is really celebrating right now.
3: Spo, you mentioned you know the celebratory party atmosphere. Were there a lot of players in attendance for this? Was that a big part of the atmosphere?
1: I counted more than a dozen players and coaches. Uh, that were in the room and I couldn't see everybody because they're all in the back and you're trying to look forward and you're not trying to like, you know, make it seem like you're like making eyes with with other people. But just um, among the players that I saw in the room, I was sitting next to David Hensley, uh, but Jeremy Pena was there Um Jordan Alvarez was there. Lance McCullers was there. Uh, I was sitting in front of Josh Miller and uh, Tommy Calamora, uh, one of the other uh, coaches on Joe Espada's staff. So yeah, there were there were a there was a big contingent of players uh, that were at this press conference, uh, more so than you saw for Josh Hader, more so than you saw for Joe Espada, and, and I think it kind of speaks to uh, the type of person and teammate that Jose Altuve is, where uh, all his teammates wanted to be there to really celebrate the moment with him and with the organization.
2: Uh, Adam Spolane, our guest here on Sports Radio 610. Look, it's been an eventful last couple of weeks after a pretty uneventful offseason for the Astros. They signed Josh Hader five years, $95 million, just inside two weeks ago, and then this Altuve signing, Spo. What, what do those two signings mean for the future of this Astros ball club, the mindset, philosophy that this kind of maybe bleeds through to the fans, to media types, guys like you, us, that analyze the sport and Uh, the happenings with the Astros. What do you get from it?
1: Well, I guess the idea that they might take a step back is not going to happen, or at least that's not the approach that they're taking. I mean, Jim Crane said after they got the Altuve deal done to multiple reporters that, like, the window is always going to be open when I'm here. And so you give Jim Crane a lot of credit. I know there's been a lot of talk about maybe his lack of spending and his lack of wanting to go over the, um, the, the CBT threshold, uh, that's not the case. And so they're going to be over the threshold this year. Uh, I'd have to look and see how close they are to going over it next year, but that would seem like – Certainly a possibility when you look at the $19.5 million that they're going to pay Hayter next year, plus the $30 million that they're going to pay Altuve. Even if they were to lose somebody like Bregman, uh, they are probably going to be, again, over that threshold next year. So they're going to continue to spend. They are going to continue to try and put a really good team on the field, at least for it, looks like you would think, the next five years. So I think that's what you can expect. I think that they go into the 2024 season thinking that they are going to get back to the ALCS for the eighth straight year.
3: Spoke yesterday, you know, Jim Crane talking about, hey, we're going to be over the tax this year. He's like, I never said that we would never go over it. I uh, hope we go over it when the time is right. He says, we have the revenue. We can afford it. Now we're seeing it in action. Uh, do you think that this is not just, hey, Jim Crane's going to go over, you know, that, that first tax line. Do you think he's looking at it now, or maybe the, there's a different possibility, a, a new mindset of, hey, you know what, I could go to $300 million if that's what it takes to keep winning with the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Cubs and the Mets and whomever, that the fear is not there. He just wants the right guy.
1: Yeah, Patrick, I think that's the big question because obviously they came into this offseason with four big upcoming free agents where you have Altuve, uh, Alex Bregman, Framber Valdez, and, uh, and Kyle Tucker. You know, you had Altuve and, and Bregman, who would have been free agents after this season. And then the next two would be free agents after the 2025 season. And the Astros are going to have they open up the wallet to keep Altuve. They are going to have to do the same thing to hold on to the other three. So I think that is kind of the challenge. And that's, I think, the question that everybody wants to see get answered. Like, are they willing to do the same thing with the other three? And so I think uh, that, that we're going to learn a lot here in the next six months or so just to see if Jim Crane is willing to go in that direction because the Altuve contract is, frankly, pretty easy to get done. And even in a sense, the hater contract is too because those were only five-year deals. When you start getting to the other three, at least when it comes to the two position players with Bregman and with Tucker, they are going to want deals that go more than five years. And that's one threshold that Jim Crane really has not crossed since he has taken over the team. Um, So is he willing to do that? We'll have to wait and see, but I think that's kind of the next hurdle that you want to see that he's willing to take. And frankly, if they want to contend for championships, they're going to have to, just because like, if they were to lose Alex Bregman in the offseason, they have nobody within the organization to replace Alex, Alex Bregman with. So, that, so if they want to sustain it, it kind of feels like to me they're going to have to do that at some point, or they've got to get creative or, and look, or look outside the organization for somebody else
2: Adam, I'm so glad you said that. Uh, Adam Spillane, our Astros insider, joining us on Sports Radio 610. Uh, It's something that Patrick and I spent the last couple of shows discussing, uh, particularly in regards to Alex Bregman and and Kyle Tucker, the length of these contracts. Uh, A couple of things I want to know from you. Did Dana Brown discuss a little bit more in terms of about his philosophy, maybe what he's talked to Jim Crane about in terms of, Uh, getting closer to longer-term deals, getting beyond five- and six-year packs, something the Astros have not done under Crane's watch. Hell, I don't know if they've done it in their team history, but was that something that Dana Brown discussed today? And also, he said something very interesting to me uh, that, look, it costs to win. And do you think you get the feeling right now that maybe he's – influencing at least a little bit Jim Crane's mindset versus when he'd first come in as owner of this team?
1: Um, honestly, not really. Um, th- it wasn't something that was talked about today, but that line that he did say, winning costs, that, that was something that caught my eye too. This, this was something, though, that when, when Brown took the job last year, that we talked about a lot with him just because we there was just the understanding that you're going to have to get extensions done with some of these guys and he came from Atlanta where extensions were just something that they did and they did long-term extensions when he was with the Braves whether it was 6 years for some guys 8 years for some I think there were a couple 10-year contracts that they've handed out during that time span but I remember talking to Dana Brown at spring training last year, and he even said that, you know, once you start getting to eight to ten years, even for me, that's a little bit too long. So I don't know if if just organizationally they are going to be willing to go there and you look at contracts that are getting signed and you look at like the the economics of baseball. Players want the long-term contracts. They don't want to be in free agency when they're 35, 36 years old. That's why it was kind of easy to get this, this deal done with Altuve because of just his age. And so you knew that you weren't going to have to commit you know, for more than five years to him. And uh, the back end of the deal, they did. A, I think they did a, a smart thing with the back end of the deal, and, and they, uh, th- they lowered the salaries towards the end of it. So he goes from making 30 the first three years of the contract to making 10 the last two. So I think that that was a smart way to structure it. But, like, you look at Alex Bregman. If they give Ale- if they offer Alex Bregman a five-year contract in free agency, uh, whether it's – or if they offer him a five-year contract during spring training or after the season, that takes him until he's, what, 35, 36 years old, and that's what not, that's not what he's going to want. He wants the contract that's going to take him to 38, 39, which is what the Astros just gave today Same thing with Kyle Tucker. You look at the big contracts that are getting signed. Bobby Witt Jr. just signed the the, the contract That's going to basically take him through the end of his career Same thing with Fernando Tatis Jr. Same thing with Julio Rodriguez Like That's what these guys want And they are, in essence, a lot of times They are willing to sacrifice uh, money In terms of, of the annual value of the contract In order to get the longer contract
3: but I'm going to ask you a question Sean and I talked about this yesterday He and I happen to both be on the same page Which, you know, look, that doesn't always happen But we're both on the same page <laughs> With Bregman, Tucker, and Fromber Valdez, the now the three most important pressing uh, free agents here coming up for the Astros over the next, you know, two seasons. Of those three, which one should be the highest priority?
2: Ooh, that's a good question.
1: Um, that's a, that's a really hard one. Um, I would.
2: I went through the same thing yesterday, Spo. It took me a little bit.
1: I, I might – part of me wants to lean Bregman because it's a, it's a difficult position to fill. And, again, they don't have anybody in the organization right now who can fill it. And then the other part of me wants to say Tucker because he's younger and he's probably been the better player the last couple of years. But I think I would go Bregman just because of the position.
2: Interesting. We both went Tucker. We
3: did, but yeah, we also, think, uh, we also understood the, the idea of, hey, third base is a premium position. When you have a guy like Bregman, it, it yeah. is a premium position. It's hard to fill.
1: Exactly, and I think that if you told me they were the same age, it's an easy one with Bregman. But because Tucker is, what, three, four years younger, that makes the question a little bit harder. But I, so, but, but I still think, with that said, I still think I would leave Bregman with that.
2: Spoke. Good stuff, man. I appreciate you spending a little time with us. I know you had a long day. We'll let you get back after it, watching some hoops, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, always good to catch up with you, man. Do um, you have anything coming up on SportsRadio610.com?
1: Uh, just put up a story about kind of looking back at Rafael Stone's five trades, five deadline trades uh, that he has made before the first three uh, trade deadlines of his uh, tenure as Rockets GM. So check that out at SportsRadio610.com. Obviously, the Astros um, or excuse me, uh, the NBA trade deadline is what, some 20-so hours away, something like that. So obviously that'll be in the news tomorrow.
2: Awesome. Appreciate you, Spoke. Yep, 2 p.m. Central time tomorrow. The NBA Tread deadline uh, is just about to be upon us. We will get to that uh, a little bit later on in the show. But good stuff there
4: from Adam Spillane. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?